So our reading is from Exodus 15, verses 22 to 27. And the title is The Waters of Marah and Elam. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they travelled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they couldn't drink its water because it was bitter, which is why the place is called Marah. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. Then the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. He said, If you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes... If you pay attention to his commands and keep his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elim, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees, and they camped there near the water. Quite an obscure passage, I thought, when I first read it. But it's amazing what you can find in a passage when you need to. So I wonder what the word healing brings to your mind. I mean, to be honest, it's not a word that we use in common parlance, is it? I mean, we might just say if we've got a cut, all that's healing up nicely. Or we might say to a child, don't pick that scab on your knee until it heals up. But it's not a word we generally use, is it? The dictionary says that healing means repairing the damage or restoring to health or soundness or to ease or relieve emotional distress. Repairing the damage. I wonder what sort of damage you can imagine that might need repairing. And if you're comfortable, just in the three or four people sitting around you, just take a couple of minutes to just brainstorm a few different types of damage that you can think of, just quickly. It doesn't have to be rocket science, just... Okay, I'm going to quickly come down this one and up the next. So anyone's got any, any sort of damage, yeah? said relationships yeah great thank you any other types of damage yeah i've got an artificial hip which i had uh replaced uh 13 years ago and it's just beginning to give me jip again so physical damage (laughs) their bones yeah any other sorts of damage any coming down this one you've got some sort of damage you can think of like hurt feelings Yeah, yeah, good one. Any other sorts of damage? Malicious damage. Yeah, that's the difficult one. Yeah, any more damage? I got one for my husband, he's not going to say it. Yeah? I was going to say relationships. Relationships. I got one for you, environmental damage. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, physical damage with the hip, emotional damage... Hurts, unkindnesses, malicious damage, environmental damage, relationships. If we're honest, this perfect world is quite flawed, isn't it? There's quite a lot of damage 
that we would love to see repaired. And there's also a spiritual damage as well. Things which separate us from knowing God as he really is. Things which stand in the way of a loving and honest relationship with God. So there are many different types of damage we can experience. And we have moved on, sadly, a long way from when God created the world and said, this is good. In our reading, God had helped his people out of captivity, out of slavery. He'd done this miraculous thing of parting the Red Sea so they could escape. And they're grumbling. Not really how it was meant to be then, either. They haven't had anything to drink for three days. They're in the desert. But God provides another miraculous provision for them. He turns bitter water into sweet and wholesome water. He takes care of them and he gives them what they most need. But he also explains to them that he wants to do much more than that. That if they follow him and live by the ways that he sets out, he will heal them. They will be whole and healthy. And we know now that lots of the laws that God gave to his people in those times were indeed designed just to do that. Some of the rules about food hygiene prevented, in times before fridges and pasteurization, prevented bacteria from infecting the food that would make them really ill. And we know too that the rules that were given to them for farming allowed the land to rest and to recover. And those rules, too, also provided for the poor of their society to collect enough to eat. And the laws that God gave them about forgiveness and debt ensured that nobody would be crippled by never-ending debt. So living in obedience to God's law brought healing to different parts of the lives of his people as they followed him. It turned areas which were potentially bitter and damaging into sweet and wholesome parts of their lives. But when God came as Jesus to mankind, the healing moves onto a whole different level. Jesus' name himself means God heals or God saves. And this was Jesus' whole mission, to heal and to save So let's just have a think about the different types of healing. How does Jesus bring spiritual healing? Which is quite a difficult one to break down, isn't it? Well, if we accept Jesus as our saviour and we follow him, then we believe we have a restored relationship with God. We can come openly and honestly before God whenever we want And one day, we will be made completely whole, restored in God's presence. Complete healing. But in the meantime, in our earthly lives, he brings about parts of that restoration that will one day be complete. Perhaps we don't see ourselves as God sees us, precious and forgiven, welcomed and loved, Our sense of ourselves might be distorted by what society tells us. You don't look the right way. You don't sound the right way. You're not this. You're not that. Somebody might have inadvertently said something which went right to our hearts. 
And we can't get rid of that distorted way of seeing ourselves. But there will be times on earth, sometimes as we worship, sometimes in a still moment, that we sense God's presence with us. Times when our hearts feel like they're on fire. Times when something runs through us. And those are the times that we know God is transforming us. As we learn to align ourselves with God, with his teachings, with the way he directs us, as we change our lifestyles and our attitudes and our behavior, we are rebalanced spiritually and restored spiritually. Things that need to be brought out of the dark into God's transforming light, things that perhaps cause us shame or fear or embarrassment, the light of God brings healing to those dark things that can hold us captive. And this is part of God's healing, and it's freely available. Sometimes it's a slow, slow process. And sometimes it's sudden and dramatic. And what about emotional healing? As well as spiritual restoration, many of us need emotional restoration and healing. We've been hurt by the actions of others. Much hurt and pain and stress can be healed, as at the time of our reading, by loving and forgiveness and friendship. This hurt, which many of us will have experienced, can be healed in a Christian community as we live as God intends. Broken hearts can be tended with kindness and compassion and understanding. And in a church community, nobody should be overlooked or unwelcome. It's in our values, isn't it? Welcome and all involved. And respecting creation as God's blueprint for flourishing planting trees and rewilding, recycling, reducing our consumption, reducing our use of fossil fuels, all of these contribute to the recovery and the healing of the natural world on which we all depend. So Jesus' teaching on how to live brings healing as we learn to forgive, to be humble, to listen to his guidance. That power of forgiveness restores not only those we forgive, but ourselves as well. It's such a key thing. It's in the Lord's Prayer, isn't it? We pray it so many times. And I know it's not easy. I was hurt a few years ago by somebody, and I'm still struggling to forgive her. But I keep at it. I keep at it. I keep praying. I keep trying to change my attitude and my behavior because I know how important forgiveness is to healing. And sometimes emotional healing is very, very slow. And sometimes it's quick and dramatic. And physical healing. We hear so much of it in the Bible. Many, many, many times Jesus healed people physically. There's a line in the Bible that says, and there were so many other miracles that I can't possibly record them all here. We are so fortunate today to live in a society that benefits from scientific and medical discovery and skill. And much of our healing, physical, psychological, 
happens these days through medicine, through pharmacology, through psychology. These are, I believe, gifts of God given to us and born of the skill and the labours of people involved with them. And we should celebrate them and thank God for them. I also believe we need to pay attention to what the Bible has to say about God who might heal in different ways. There is clearly something happening when Jesus arrives. Healing enters the lives of those around him in a whole different way. It's a whole different ballgame. The kingdom of God is coming and the healing starts. The very first thing that Jesus did when he announced his public ministry in the synagogue was to go out and heal. It says, after sunset, all those who had friends suffering from diseases of one kind or another brought them to him, and laying hands on each, he cured them. And it goes on. He heals the son of a royal official who was at death's door. He heals Simon Peter's mother of, mother-in-law of a fever. He heals a leper, a centurion's servant, a widow's son, a paralyzed man, a young girl who died, two blind men, a dumb man, a crippled man, a withered hand, a blind mute, a deaf mute, a blind man, a crippled woman, a leper, Lazarus. It goes on and on and on. It's not something we can push under the carpet. So many things, they couldn't write them all down. So there's clearly something new happens with the coming of Jesus. And Jesus is quite specific with what he tells his followers Go into the villages, proclaim the good news, and heal. Ordinary people, those disciples we hear so much about who are frankly rubbish on so many things, so like us. No theological preparation, no magic hands, just following what Jesus asked them to do. And again, in Luke, Jesus sends not just his 12 disciples, but the 72 followers, cure those who are sick and say, the kingdom of God is very near to you. Healing is an integral part of proclaiming that God's kingdom is near. And we know from the book of Acts that it happened, that they were faithful and they did it. And I believe that as followers of Jesus, we are called to do as his disciples did, And that includes praying for healing in specific and direct ways, both for each other and for ourselves. And there will be an opportunity to do that later in this service. It's not just something from centuries ago. A couple of years ago, I was in the pews of my old church, absolutely knackered. I'd had a really busy day and I was so tired. And a young woman came up to me. She said, oh, Sarah, I've been waiting for you to pray for me. I said, oh, Emily, I'm so tired, I'm not sure if I can. I said, oh, my back has been so painful, I've tried everything, and, and I want you to pray for my back. So I said, Emily, it's going to have to be God because I'm so tired, I can hardly lift up my hand. And I lifted up my hand, and it hadn't even touched her back. And there was a shot of heat, and it went up her back, and she was healed. And I think God must love backs, because sometime later, I had a terrible back, lower back, I was so desperate I'd even been to an acupuncturist. And it had helped for a little while, and then it stopped working. And I was in church one evening, sitting at the back, and I felt this little voice in my ear saying, Sarah, why didn't you ask me? And so I ran up to the front after the service, 
asked an older lady, Norma, Norma, pray for my back. And I had jeans and a jumper and a duffel coat, and she put her hand feebly on my back. Shot of heat, electricity up my back. And I've never, ever had a bad back before. And emotional healing, too. Years ago, I had a broken heart. Who hasn't had a broken heart? And I was really struggling with this broken heart. And a friend invited me to go to a vineyard, Women's Day. And as she invited me, I heard this little voice saying, I'm going to heal you there. And I was so excited. But on the day, there was thunder and lightning, and there was flooding. And she got halfway there, and the car broke down, and we had to get a taxi. I was running into the day. And it was a great day. Ellie Mumford was speaking. She was brilliant. It was a lovely day, but nothing happened, nothing happened. I was like, oh, did I get that wrong? And the very last moment, Ellie Mumford said, if you have come today longing for healing, if you feel God said, come for healing, and nothing's happened, just turn to the person next to you and ask them to pray for you. And my friend, who knew nothing about my broken heart, prayed for me, and God mended my heart in that moment. And it never... It never regained broken. I used to prod it now and again, see if it would hurt, but it didn't. It was healed. So this is just not just something for centuries ago. This is something that I believe should be part of the normal Christian's life in the context of a supportive church. We do accept, sadly, that not everything is healed at the moment that we ask for it to be healed. We know that ultimate healing will only come in the presence of God in the last days. And it's a very painful mystery. I have prayed for many people who have not been, not been healed. But we do trust that ultimate healing will one day come in God's presence. But despite that, our calling is to follow Jesus, to be part of this healing community, to bring his healing to the world, whether it's through our care and our support and our love as part of a Christian community, whether through it's for praying for healing. Our calling is to proclaim that the kingdom of God is near and to heal. And God's relationship with his people as he led them out of slavery towards the promised land was ongoing and committed and full of patience and love and forgiveness and healing. And I believe that's the calling that we have today, an ongoing and committed relationship of love and forgiveness and hope and healing. <laughs>